0: Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. So, I want to start off by talking about my son, John Michael. So, when he was in high school, he decided he wanted to play wheelchair basketball. Actually, we encouraged him to play wheelchair basketball. And because we knew that he would be good at it and it would be a good outlet for him. So freshman year of high school, he decided he started playing wheelchair basketball competitively. And um, he was playing it recreationally before, but then high school came and he started playing competitively on a team and excelled his first game. He was a starter on the team. And his teammates weren't very happy about that. Because they had been playing longer than him. They had been playing competitively longer than him. And here's this new kid that comes in and starts off as a starter right away. That caused some issues with the team members. And if you know, in high school, there's more emotions that come with high schoolers, and um, so there was just a lot of disunity within the team. And because of that, they didn't communicate on the court, they didn't play together like they should have. Um, A lot of times there was one person carrying the team and that was usually John Michael <laughs> carrying the team especially the last couple of years and that just caused a lot of disunity and then his senior year of high school he got recruited by University of Wisconsin Whitewater to play on the college team and if you have any experience with from going high school to college athletically it's a whole new ball game It is a whole new ball game, and so, and um, but in college, they the coaching stressed unity within the team. I mean, if you're not going to be in unity with your teammates, you're not going to play. And so he talked about unity. So the the guys they learned how to communicate. They learn how to pass the ball, they learn how to play together, together, and because of that, they won a lot of games, where in high school, there wasn't unity on the team, so they didn't win as many games as they could have, but in college, there was unity, and they won a lot of games, and even a national championship. The national championship trophy was way too big. (laughs) Yeah, so it was exciting, but it was also a lot of lessons learned that working together and being together is vital. It's just so important. Creating unity and being in unity is a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun. It creates more success but doing things alone isn't quite as much fun. You don't win as much. There's one thing that you don't have to do alone. There are benefits to doing it alone. It's a beautiful thing when you do it alone, but you don't have to do it alone. You probably shouldn't do it alone all the time, and that is praying. We don't have to pray alone all the time. There's a lot of benefits to praying with other people. Giving you one example, so Clint and I have been involved in home groups for years, and um, home groups are vital to the family. (laughs) They're so important, and one of the things that we did in a home that we've learned to do in a home group is to pray together and pray for each other, And something that we did in our home group is that we wrote down our prayer requests and we would pray for each other. And then we could go back and look at what the Lord did. What prayers did He answer? And it's really fun (laughs) to look back at them. I just did that this week. I still have some of them, um, some of the prayer requests that we had recorded from this last year. And some of the things he answered. He restored family relationships. He did some physical healings, some mental, emotional, spiritual healings, which was really cool. He supplied needs, some financial needs. He provided jobs. Clint and I needed to replace all of our cars last year because they just weren't as dependable as they used to be and so we had to replace all of our cars and so we had our home group pray for that and God came through and because we also wanted financial favor and so and God provided for all of those cars we had teachers in our home group and so we prayed our teachers through the school year it was a hard year for teachers, and so we prayed our teachers to the school year. And I side note, keep praying for teachers. It's not easy this year either. So keep praying for our teachers. And I believe the reason we saw so many answers to prayer is because we prayed together. Because there was unity within our group And God came through. So we're in a series called Gather Together. And we've learned about learning together. We've talked about being in community together. together, And last week, Clint talked about serving together. Today, we're going to talk about praying together. Prayer is a powerful thing. It is a powerful thing. We'll look at today's scripture, Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And I normally don't use the message version, but I really like this, so we're going to read the message version as well. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. I love that. He goes into action. And when two or three of you are gathered together because of me, you will be sure, you can be sure that I will be there. I love that. So the title of today's message is Gathered to Pray. So we're going to pray. Okay? So God, I thank you. For the privilege of prayer, it is a privilege and an honor to be in communication with you. Lord, we're grateful that when we speak to you, you listen. And when you speak, we can listen to you. Thank you for communication, Lord. God, I pray that as I speak this morning, that it would be your words coming out of my mouth. And Lord, that your truth would be heard, and that your truth would change hearts and minds and lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so going to your handout. When we pray together, God moves. Verse 19, it says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I looked up the Greek word for agree, and it is symphoneo. And it means to be harmonious, to be in one accord, and to harmonize. When we work together in harmony, it creates a beautiful thing. It creates a beautiful noise. When I pray with someone, I like to hear amens. I like to hear, yes, Lord. I like to hear words of agreement. Because that tells me that there's unity. That we're on the same page. Ephesians 4, verse 3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14 When I read this scripture, the Lord gave me a picture of a box, a gift box, and inside of this gift box were the words compassion, kindness. Nelson, would you put that scripture back up? It was compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. They were inside that box. It was a white gift box. And then around that gift box was a ribbon wrapped in red, and that ribbon was love. It's a gift box that is wrapped in love. These are gifts to us the kindness and compassion, and the gentleness and patience and forgiveness. And those all, when, lo- when it's wrapped in love, it's unity. That is unity. It binds them all together in perfect unity. So, what's the opposite of unity? It's division. God does not honor division, He honors unity. Let me say that again God does not honor division, He honors unity. When there is unity, things happen. (laughs) Verse 19 says that when we agree together, God moves. When we agree together, God moves. When there is unity, things happen. That is one of your fill-ins. I've seen a lot of unity in prayer. A few examples for you. Before we started Lighthouse Vineyard Church, back in 2018, um, I think it was in February or something like that, we started meeting together for prayer. And before the church even started, we started praying. And we would get together on a regular basis to pray that God would cover everything, that he would cover every decision, that he would just cover everything, that he would be in it. And we prayed for you. And we didn't even know. (laughs) We didn't even know who you were, but we were praying for you. That God would get you ready for Lighthouse Vineyard Church, whatever that looked like. But we were praying for you. We meet on Tuesday night here at 6 o'clock for prayer, and we pray for you. We pray for the community, we pray for the county, the city, the state, the country, we pray for things worldwide, we pray. We pray before service every Sunday morning, we pray that the Lord would show up and he would move, the Holy Spirit would come. We pray in home groups. I talked about that earlier, where we pray in home groups together. We pray for each other. Yesterday, we had a ladies' retreat, and some of us ladies prayed before the retreat started. We prayed for all the ladies that were coming. We prayed for all the technical stuff. We prayed just the whole for the whole day for the Lord to be here, and he did. He was here, and he did some really cool things. This is a side note that I felt like I was supposed to share this morning, where unity in prayer starts at home. You cannot come to church... (laughs) And think you're in unity if there's no unity at home. It starts at home. Parents, are you praying with your kids? Are you praying with your spouse? It starts at home. I read this book called Teach Us to Pray by Corey Russell fantastic book. If you haven't read that book, Teach Us to Pray by Corey Russell. Write it down. (laughs) Amazing book on prayer. One of the things he says in there is, kids will remember your tears when you talk to Jesus more than your words to them about following Jesus. You know that phrase, actions speak louder than words? Kids will see your tears when you talk to Jesus more than hearing your words about following Jesus? What example are we setting to our kids about prayer? If you want unity within your family, it starts with prayer. Period. Bring God into it. That was the side note. (laughs) Starts at home, guys. Okay, an example in scripture about a church praying together. This is a really fun one. I had read this story before, but it never struck me like it did this time. I just really like it. It's a long one, so you're going to have to stick with me. It's Acts 12, verses 1 through 16. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. That's 16 soldiers. He was being guarded by 16 soldiers. Herod intended to bring him out out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. He was being guarded heavily. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in a light, shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening he thought he was seeing a vision he thought he was dreaming they passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city it opened for them by itself imagine this you guys he gets woke up by an angel (laughs) the angel leads him out and the gate opens by itself when they had walked through walked the length of one street suddenly the angel left him then angel came, Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. This is just really funny to me. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. She was so excited, she couldn't believe that he was at the door and she forgot to open the door for him. (laughs) She just left him standing there. She couldn't believe it. She goes back and tells everybody that Peter's at the door. And they said, you're out of your mind. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. They didn't believe her. But Peter kept knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. They were shocked that their prayer was answered. What in the world? They were praying so hard. They were praying earnestly for Peter to be released from prison, and when it actually happened, they couldn't believe it. What What if we believed that God says that he's going to do what he says he's going to do? What if he does what he says he's going to do? Are we going to believe it? (laughs) I just love that. What if the whole church believed that when we pray, God will do what he promises. What if we believed it? So the Uganda team is at a coffee shop waiting to go to the airport because they leave later this afternoon. Actually, almost midnight, their time. But later this afternoon, our time. They're getting ready to leave. But last week... I guess it's Sunday. I guess it would be two weeks ago. We prayed for them. On Tuesday night, during our prayer time, we prayed for the Uganda team. We prayed that they would have negative COVID tests. We prayed that all the paperwork would go through that needed to go through, because now with COVID, there's just so much paperwork that needs to go through internationally kind of ridiculous all that went through we prayed for them on Wednesday night at young adults we gathered around them laid hands on them and prayed for them prayed for negative COVID tests prayed for the flights prayed for everything that go through that would go through on Sunday afternoon after second service a bunch of us gathered around them and prayed for them after second service That they would have good flights, they would have good connections with the people there, that God would just move in a big way. And you guys, it's been a fantastic trip. God has moved in ways that can blow our minds. But are we surprised? We shouldn't be surprised. Because God said, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. In verse 19 it says, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So why don't we get together and pray more? And ask God to move and believe that he's going to do it. Matt mentioned that all the kids made a turn emotionally while the team was there spending time with them because I feel like they thought, Pastor Stanley, our dad is gone, and he was the contact person with Pastor Clint, and there are other churches that he worked with as well. I'm guessing they felt like, okay, we're on our own now. So when Clint and Ben and Emma showed up, it, <laughs> that lie had no choice but to go. No, you are not forgotten. And they made a turn emotionally. And Vicky, Pastor Stanley's wife, said she saw kids smile that hadn't smiled since Stanley died. They were supposed to go on this trip. So, when we pray together, God moves. And it's a joy for him to do that. It is. It's a joy for him. He shows up. And also, when we pray together, Jesus joins us. That's point two. Jesus joins us. In verse 20, it says, For where two or three gather in my name, There am I with them. When we gather because of him, he comes and he shows up. Romans 8.34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, he didn't only die, he was also raised, is at the right hand of God and also interceding for us. He comes and he meets with us and he intercedes for us. He joins us in prayer. There's a different atmosphere in a church that prays together versus a church that doesn't pray together. Worship is different. Conversations are different. I found this quote The presence of God in the midst of a church is directly proportional to the amount of prayer that takes place there. So, so true. The presence of God in the midst of a church is directly proportional to the amount of prayer that takes together, that prays together. Prayer is vital. It's vital to your family, first of all. It's vital to the church family. If you want to see answered prayer, grab somebody and say, pray with me. Praying alone is a beautiful thing. It really is. I have my alone time with the Lord where I have conversation with him. I do that on a regular basis but when I pray with someone, it's different. So on Tuesday nights, we meet for prayer at 6 o'clock, where we pray for you, we pray for anything (laughs) that the Lord brings to our mind. And it's open to anybody who wants to come. If you need someone to, come, to pray with you, come on Tuesday nights. Six o'clock, doors are open, doors are unlocked, come and pray. If you just want to come and sit and participate in prayer and just agree with us in prayer, you're welcome to do that. And then at seven o'clock, we open up the prayer room where we just, we have live worship And we have a person with intentional prayer on the stage, and you can just come and sit in the presence of the Lord. Prayer changes things. I feel like that's an understatement, (laughs) but prayer changes things.